0: This is Marketing Heroes Unfiltered, the journey to CMO, the podcast where we interview high-achieving B2B marketing professionals to know their stories, struggles, and insights in this fast-paced and competitive industry. Hosted by Leslie Carruthers and Danny Muskeplatt, Val DuVernay, Senior Director, Digital Strategy and Optimization at McKesson. $70 billion publicly traded company advancing health outcomes for all is an e-commerce veteran, having worked in B2B, B2C, and B2B2C environments. With a strong focus on user experience and product management, Val is an entrepreneur who has led e-commerce and marketing teams for McKesson, advanced auto parts, and Target. As an entrepreneur, Val has also owned businesses herself as a web and marketing consultant, in association management, and in the floral industry. Whatever the environment, Val's goal is to leverage technology, content, and media to present relevant products and experiences, displaying customer obsession, building customer advocates, and delivering revenue growth. This is a podcast about heroes. Which is why you're here, Val. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So before we dive in, would you tell us, how do you start your days?
1: Well, I am a creature of habit in the morning, I have to admit. And so I am up at six, getting the dog out and driving to Starbucks. Because if I don't have the Starbucks in the morning, I'm just not a happy girl. And it's really not about the caffeine. I just want to be clear on that. It's just like having the time. I like it in the winter when it's dark and I can just drive in the dark. I've got a great team at Starbucks, amazingly, who's always happy and says good morning. And I like to say good morning to them. I have a little time to myself. It's just a, a routine. I don't usually think of myself as a person with a routine, but that is definitely a routine that I have. And I feel funny when I don't do it. So oh, that's the start of the day. And then usually I jump on the computer, I have to admit. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay.
2: same routine on the weekends? Yes. Yeah, Amazingly. Wow.
1: And at the same time, too, I'm like, shouldn't I be sleeping later? But. Uh, <laughs> It's just what I do, so. But I I do think it's mainly about just having having that quiet time and space in the car, my little bubble. I like it.
0: Yeah. What do you think about? Not that I'm
1: so, you know, not not that I've got so much going on all the rest of the time or anything. It's just I don't know something about having that insular space is nice for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What do you think about when you're in that bubble in the car? Oh my gosh, I do silly things sometimes, right? I
1: mean, sometimes I'm like singing Broadway show tunes to myself, and, <laughs> and and sometimes I'm like, oh, boy, you know, what a day I've got. You've got a great got.
0: voice. Oh, mm-hmm. thank
1: you. You do
2: have a great
0: but,
1: voice. But, um, I mean, it varies. I think about how I don't have road rage anymore. I used to be a road rage person, and I always <laughs> like to qualify that by saying that it was reciprocal road rage. So I I usually am not the starter, but if somebody pokes me a little bit, bam, there I am. <laughs>
2: And how did you but get over that? that?
1: I don't do that so much anymore. I actually had a friend like call me out on it and give me some some meditation tapes and say, Val, you don't have to be you don't have to be angry. It's okay. They can be jerks, you don't have to be one. So I don't think I was ever that big a jerk. And like I say, it was always just reciprocal. Yeah. Somebody cut me off.
2: <laughs> I like it. Okay, two follow up questions. What is your Starbucks drink? I should know this, but I've forgotten because it's been a decade. Oh,
1: well, it has changed, so I just have to okay. say, but it's, it's a venti americano with extra cream, so there you go. Okay, It good. used to be a triple right. venti latte, and then I figured I don't need all that milk, so I just went for the coffee.
2: <laughs> Simplify it. I like it. Okay, second question. Can we get you to sing for us in this half hour?
1: I've got praying <laughs> hands. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice.
2: I will sing. Okay, whenever you're ready, you can either jump in or we'll just give you a cue. And are you okay. in your office?
1: I am. I'm in my office at my. So if you sing,
2: are at... people going to stop by no, and throw roses sure. I will
1: admit that it is Friday, late in the afternoon, and so there are not a lot of people here. We're in a kind of hybrid work situation so it's it's come to the office when you need to collaborate and work with others otherwise people are working from home so i did have a larger meeting earlier this afternoon where we had a bunch of people come together so that was fun but there's not a whole lot of other people here right now
2: (laughs) okay so then you're definitely singing for us
1: oh okay
2: okay next question and we we like to start these this way as well Because this is a Heroes podcast, and if you've seen any Marvel movies or DC movies, you know that there's always an origin story. Will you share with us your origin story, Val?
1: Okay. Yes, I will. Thank you. So I I did think about how this was going to go, because I'm older than your average bear, so it goes back a ways. (laughs) But, But I'll start near the beginning, and mainly because I come from a business family. So, I mean, my dad was in the advertising agency business. I I often refer to him as like one of the original madmen. You know, I mean, he had the two or three martini lunches and he came home and was still in his white shirt with his tie and his sleeves rolled up, you know, so he was in the advertising business. My, my mom was in business. And so we... At the dinner table, right? That's what we talked about. We talked about business and advertising and marketing. And so I grew up with it and I worked for my mother. I mean, I was actually in the mailroom like when I was six, right? So, <laughs> so child labor, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, you know, I, I was always around it and always had a bit of the entrepreneurial spirit. I was, you know, starting businesses when I was a kid, different kinds of things. And I had a, you know, my first business was a car wash, right? And I actually, uh, I wrote to Cadillac. I asked them if I could get uh, some of their posters, so that I could put them up on the fence, so that people knew that oh when they came to my car wash, their cars would look like this. And it's a riot because my uh, my family actually saved the letter that came back from Cadillac to me when I was six years old, saying thank you for asking for the posters. We're wow. sending them under separate cover. So, um, oh my God, so I always was interested in business and in marketing and in how can I serve right. And I loved retail. I got into uh, retail early, and of course, I I also was a bit of a ham, so I was into acting and singing. And I feel like I brought that. So I stopped that. People are probably happy, but I stopped that <laughs> after a while. And but I brought that though into business, right, and into my activities. Just that reaching out to people, trying to be of service, trying to help. People get what they needed, and that, of course, means commerce. It means doing business, transactional. And so, yeah, marketing has always been in my life, and I've loved it for a long time because I was in retail then. It was transactional, got into computers and digital, and so ended up in the e-commerce world and have been here for a long time since then. So... Mm -hmm.
0: That's one of the other things up. I love about your background, Val, is that you've repped artists, which yeah. is a special brand of marketing on its own. So yeah. the creativity that you showed from a very early age and reaching directly out to Cadillac, because, of course, they'll want to send you posters <laughs> for your car wash through to, you know, you had one of the uh, The Voice or America's Got Talent. folks Oh, for a while boy, on your roster. Uh, that was The Voice.
1: Right. So the first season of The Voice there was uh, a singer uh, named Vicky Martinez who was on there, had a big voice, and I've always, th- that's another thing that I've enjoyed doing. So because of my background in entertainment, I love entertainment. If I can hook on to something, you know, and and help somebody out. So I uh, I reached out to her management, and they probably thought I was a little bit of a crazy. I actually know they did because they told me that, but I was like, <laughs> you know does she need a, she's, she's got a lot of fans, you know, maybe we could put up a website for her. And I remember that they happened to be in Minneapolis where I was one day and they were like, okay, well we can meet. And we met at a restaurant and the first, I will say that we got along very well right away, right? But <laughs> shortly, shortly afterwards they got a phone call, right? And and they were like, no, it's Okay. I'll be there later. So they had gotten, they had had somebody call them to call them away in case they didn't want to really talk to me anymore, right? Yeah. But they, they told them that I was okay and it was okay. They, they would right. talk with me. So anyway, Good so yeah, so I, I helped with that, with that person and, and helped with a, a fan group of, of hers to promote her. And it was, it was a fun time. And she's still at yeah. it, so
0: there you go. Anything else about that, Danny mm-hmm. or Val? Well, that you want to add, I, I was just going
2: to tease you, and we can edit this out. But that was that was in the AAP days, that I remember 2010-ish. You sneaking awesome. off to the to the little enclaves <laughs> <laughs> to do your work because you had to turn <laughs> the camera your your monitor away so people could not see you were working on Vicky's website. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, I <laughs> yeah. I have to launch this. They've got another show tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
2: my so god cool. but i mean so, you put, i love that diversity you get, of like, your
0: background mm-hmm. and, yeah.
2: and the passion for all of that was just so exciting to watch because when you when you go in on something you go 100 million percent which is great
1: well thanks i think i do have a passion for things and when i do have a passion for things i i do like to go all in and i think that's i think that's an important thing you know when i think about my career and what i've done so far i think i've always enjoyed getting in at the beginning Right, of something when there's not a lot there and and making something happen. And I think that you know I was fortunate to be able to do that in several instances. And at the beginning it was kind of by happenstance that it happened, right? So I, I was with a company that was in digital signage. Before there was really digital signage, right? So uh, they had contracts for the screens at Seven Elevens, or on the subway platform mm-hmm. in New York, or in elevators, and it was uh, news, weather, and sports, supported by ads, and and of course. That was the business we were in, right, was selling the ads. But we created that other content. We could be showing something and display the ads. You know, so that was early on in that. And it was exciting to me to be in something early. you know. And from there, I was able to join Target.com, not right at the very beginning, but early on. And that's where Danny and I met each other, by the way. How mm-hmm. um, have you two um, known yeah. each
0: other? How many years?
1: Oh my gosh! What since 2006. Since, uh, yeah, 2006. Um, so, well, well, a man. number of years. Long uh, time. Yeah, <laughs> long time. But and it was uh, very early um,
2: days at Target. It, it, it was yeah, there was early a early .dot com, day. but barely. And I, I yeah, you were on the ground floor of all that stuff, the data synchronization with Amazon, and you know the whole front end and everything. You were kind oh of my the gosh. Person for all that person. Data
1: synchronization stuff. with Amazon. I have to share. Yes, Amazon ran the back end of Target.com in the early days, right? So, uh, and we were working with them and uh, trying to figure out how things would happen. This was also the early days of product content and the whole concept of product attributes. And before that, it was people were selling stuff online, but it was, yeah, here's the item and here's the description. And maybe there was a category, but there wasn't all of this deep product information that there is now. And, and I remember sitting across that they came into the office and I remember sitting across the table going, what are you going to do with product attributes? I don't know what are you going to do with product <laughs> attributes? And <it> was like, <laughs> None of us knew what we were going to do with them. We knew. we knew that we thought it was important. We thought it could drive an experience on the site, but nobody was mm-hmm. quite sure. And then, of course, you'd ask a question. It's like, oh, the algorithm takes care of that. And I actually went to their <laughs> office in Seattle, my first trip out to their office to see them. I get into Seattle. I get to their office. I punch the the elevator button. The door slides open. There's a guy standing in the corner of the elevator with a a big binder, and I walk into the elevator and I look and on the edge of the binder it says algorithm, <laughs> and I'm like, it's the Amazon algorithm. <laughs> <that."> <laughs> I'm like, they must just plant him there, you know? So anybody who goes, it's the algorithm.
2: (laughs) It's the algorithm. It's the algorithm guy. His name was actually John Stephen Algorithm. I think so.
1: (laughs) And also, in a binder, a notebook binder, I I don't know, something funny about it. Yeah,
2: you printed it out? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's really funny.
1: But yeah, lots of uh, early days in places, which
0: is very exciting to me. You know? Innovation and yeah. figuring it out and pioneering. Yeah.
1: Absolutely,
0: absolutely. You've put yourself in a lot of situations where, I mean, even at McKesson, you well, dealt with been- a lot of... Cutting edge pioneering. How are we going to do this? I don't know. We're going to just roll up our sleeves like your dad did. Right.
1: Exactly. uh, Exactly. And I mean, and that's the fun thing. And like I say, I mean, you know, maybe I stumbled into a place the first couple of times or was fortunate enough. I joined Advance Auto Parts really through a referral of a great guy that I knew who uh, referred me over there. And Mike Jacobs was his name. He's no longer with us, but he had a, a company that was all about product information. And he knew that catalog was going to be important. And so he recommended me to the folks at Advance Auto Parts as they were standing at that site. And And I started to realize that this is what I really like. I like getting in early. I like building. And so even, you know, then moving to McKesson that, uh, you know, I, I saw an opportunity, again, very, well-established business doing a lot of business but still early in stages of some areas and so being able to come in and and help to stand up capabilities and move things forward that's just always been exciting to me and so now I like to call myself an intrapreneur because cool. uh, somebody's paying me. <laughs> so, I like that. It's nice. It's huh?
2: I've always loved the positive wake that you've left behind because you do go in on the front lines and you are marching up the hill and you're the first person and you're you're both guiding and leading, but you're also taking the shots because it is hard stuff and you have to change culture and you have to get leaders to understand that digital is important and content's important and all that kind of stuff. But you teach everybody behind you on how it can be done and whether it was, you know, Sasha, Katie, or me back in the day at Target, you know, or any number of people at Advanced Auto Parts we were all learning from you as you were really paving the way because it hadn't been figured out yet. You were kind of the first generation of people to go, okay, I'm, I think I know what it should be. Let's test it out. And I think that that was
0: a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Which is really most of what we were doing in the early days of advanced auto parts. We started with what 25,000 SKUs and ended with half a million over the course of six, seven years. And I remember being at advance and your office was right next to mine and you were constantly getting phone calls from people back at target saying, what, what, what we, what did you do with this? And how did you figure this out? And what was your strategy behind this? And probably a year went by before you were like, you need to stop calling me. Thanks. I've moved on, (laughs) figure it out for yourselves. But that's the impact Uh, that you leave. It's it's pretty incredible.
1: It's fun. Okay. I mean, I really, I enjoy it. I enjoy trying new things. I enjoy bringing people along and it has been a challenge, right? And, and sometimes it's something as simple as product content. I remember in advance when we were building out that catalog and, and still about product information. And I had a guy who was a, a vendor of uh, ball joints and we're trying to develop you know some information, and and I call him up and I'm like, I'm just trying to get some product information. I can you know tell you what I need to know, and he's like, it's a ball joint. What am I gonna say? <laughs> I'm like, well, uh, it must be made of something, and you're probably doing it to some kind of a standard, and it provides value because it does this by connecting to that, and, and he's like. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but he sent it. So I guess. I, yeah, right? <laughs> I
2: that guess. was so difficult. That was, that was the early days. And we could yeah. not figure out how to get our vendors to help us tell their differentiation story. Yeah. And because they weren't, and none of our competitors were either. That's what we called you, Leslie. And we said, how the heck do we rank with Google <laughs> when every single ball joints is the exact same thing. <laughs> and all anybody cares about is your make and model. I think that was our first engagement with you, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. Such a fantastic team. And Val, one of the things I remember about you is that there's like, the Val is that the same every day. Like, it doesn't matter what's going on. You're like, you know, oh dealing with these big, hairy problems. And I, I want to get into that in a minute because I'm imagining there were themes or you know problems that you saw at all of these different innovation um, points in your career. Uh, but, but yeah, no, thanks for the reference. It was a thrill and y'all were so, so with such smart people. Yeah. Yeah. That was, a I big do have to challenge you, Leslie though. I have so many, so many skews. Whew. Yeah. yeah no.
2: so, I do have to challenge you though, because there are two vowels. There's the vowel oh, really? that says, you know what? Let it break. If we don't let it break, our leadership is never going to realize how big of a All problem right. well, it is. They're not going to invest in the still- tech. They're not going <laughs> to invest in the people. Okay. Well, until the final hour, when it's eleven o'clock before it's going to launch, she's like, "We can't let it break. Get everybody back. We got to fix this. We got to make sure we can't afford to disappoint our customers."
0: Uh, and sure. that was
2: a that was a balance, right? Because you want to help our leaders understand the risks, but you were point. never going to let the customers down. Yeah.
1: Well, well, and yeah. that is really, and I guess as I said earlier, you know that that goes back to retail, right? And helping the customer because it is it is all about the customer in the end. And are they getting what they need? Are they getting what they want? What else can we do to help them? And so what can we provide for them? And it's interesting, I was thinking also, because now I'm focused on B2B, right? So a lot was early retail, B2C, Target, Advance, Auto Parts. And in in the B2B world, this is one of the things that I almost feel like we need to keep reminding because, yes, it's it's still about the customer, but there's so much more than just the product in B2B, right? I mean, it's that whole the whole procurement process, depending on the size of the the customer that you have, um, what other functionality can you give them to help them help their customer? And so you're not just looking at the sale, but you're looking at what else do you do to help them help their customer? And of course, that's going to build loyalty. That's going to ensure that that They're feeling a relationship with you, and that all helps your business. But it's not just about that final conversion spot anymore. That's a a balance that you have to do too, right? I mean, because ultimately, yes, it is about selling the product, but it's also about serving the customer, the needs, building the relationships, building the capabilities that help them do their job. So it's, it's really an interesting advancement, I guess, shift. From, mm-hmm. from just B2C. Well,
0: I and mean, when you started at McKesson, you were b 2 b to c also, too, weren't you?
1: Yes, right. Yeah. yeah. So here at McKesson, we do have a consumer-focused group, and then we are also selling to uh, other pure plays who are reselling and then of course, we have our, our B2B business to the healthcare professionals. And so, you know, working across all of those areas in one company has really been, uh, it's been great fun for me and, you know, seeing the different struggles at different points and, uh, you know, helping the entire team here uh, grow the businesses. It's been great. It's really I just do have to say, I mean, it is a wonderful company. And one of the things that I really enjoy here is that ultimately it is about the patient for us. Ooh. And we even, you know, have a line. It's, it's not a, just a package. It's the patient because it's mm. ultimately about making sure that people are healthy. And what do we do to help people get there? So it's a nice plus to doing the business that I'm in. Love awesome.
0: That. Sounds like you're proud of that.
1: Yeah, very much so.
0: Can we dig into some of the problems that you've seen maybe recur over your career or when you get in and, and you're an innovator in marketing, digital marketing, as you've been so many times? What are the the problems and how do you what's in your toolbox that you pull out every time to handle those? Like, what can you share that could help folks dealing with that now or support the next generation of marketers?
1: In, in all marketing, probably, but uh, in e-commerce, in digital marketing, you often have to really bring folks along and you have to convince people of the benefit of marketing. Because particularly, again, uh, in the B2B world, if you have a sales team, hugely important. And yes, they're the front line. But what can marketing do to support, right? And, and how do you tell that story so that you can get the investment furthering your capabilities? And that's been true, you know, in other areas as well, because it's always about, is there an actual ROI to marketing? How do you prove out that you're actually bringing value? And of course, you know, for a long time, it's like, well... Pay-per-click, right? So we can show the clicks. And all of that is important. And you do certainly want to be able to prove that out and have the metrics to support what you're doing. But you still have to be able to tell the story up front to get the investment and to bring people along with what you believe can be done. So I think that if I was, you know, talking to folks, who are early in their career, I would say that, you know, you want to keep it real. That's that's a big thing for me is to keep it real, to really be honest with yourself and with your partners about where you are right now, what you think you can do and how you're going to get there. It doesn't help to shine anybody on. I don't know. This may be where a song comes in, but... um, There's, there's the old razzle dazzle, right? <laughs> you know, and you don't want to do that. You don't want to blind somebody with a bunch of razzle dazzle and then not be able to, to deliver on it. So keep it real. Making sure that you have your foundations in place is huge. And that's hard to do, especially when you're coming into an existing business because it's, Use whatever metaphor you want. Right. It's a ship. It's it's sailing already. It's a train. It's going and turning that ship, pulling the brake on the train. It's not going to happen very easily. And yet, if you don't have your foundations in place, it's going to be hard to really build. So, you know, whether in e-commerce, it's product product data, product content, having your customer base, understanding who they are and having good customer data, those kinds of foundational things, you've got to build that. And if you don't have it, you've got to spend time on that so that that can grow faster because once you've got that in place, then you can build on top of it and you can do a lot more. So, you know, making sure that you've got foundations in place is huge. And then I also, though, say, you know, you've got a dream at the same time, and you've got to think of where is it that we ultimately want to be and tell that story, too. So it's like, hey, I'm realistic. Here's where we are. Here's the hard work we have to do. And if we do that work, here's where we can go. If you can tell that story, I think you can get people to come along with you, even if they're skeptical. By having that foundation in place, you can start to prove it then, right, and show those metrics and show the actual results uh, and continue to get that investment.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. So that's fantastic advice for folks coming into the field. If you were to talk to somebody who was maybe mid midway through their career and looking to make that next step up, what were some of the, the challenges that you faced that you overcame or the the attitudes or the skill sets that made a difference for you to get to this level of leadership in your career?
1: Being willing to say, I don't know, but I can try is important because you have to put yourself out there, right? I mean, so maybe you've achieved a certain amount and you're at a place where you're whether you're an individual contributor who's, who's solid or you're leading a team, you still have to put yourself out there. And if an opportunity comes up, you've got to raise your hand and say, yeah, hey, I'll take that. I'll take that on. Yeah. And maybe you're not sure exactly how, but if you show that initiative and then, of course, can show some results, that just makes people believe in you more. And the other thing, and I've had I've had trouble with this in, in my life because I want to achieve, right? But you also want to make sure that if you are going to say that you can deliver something, that you can deliver it. I've always believed that I could deliver, but sometimes what I've had trouble with is timing and saying, mm. oh, You know, well, we can get that done in two weeks or we can get that done in a month when mm, no, we can't. And so then so then it's like somebody's expecting it in a month. And if you can't do it in a month, then that doesn't make anybody happy. Right. You don't look good. They can't do whatever it is they were going to do. And so that's an opportunity that I've had to overcome. I've gotten better at it over the years. But again, I think that goes back to keep it real, right? I mean, if you're not sure, say you're not sure. If if it's, I think I can do it by here, it's, I think I can do it by here. And just make sure that you do raise your hand and try
2: that. Is there a burning topic? Is there something that you're passionate about that you think about a lot that you want to continue to be at the forefront of that keeps you up at night?
1: I think that it's actually a little bit broad, perhaps, but it is, are we on the leading edge? And if not, what do we have to do to get there? That can be across many subjects, right? I mean, are we on the leading edge in terms of our use of data? Are we on the leading edge in terms of AI? Good old AI. Here's, here's a question that I have for marketers everywhere. Have you really tried to use ChatGPT or <laughs> are you just saying that you have? <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I think that's one thing. It's like, and, and how close are we? And then what do we need to do to get there? So, I mean, I don't have a specific thing or, or, you know, sure, maybe there are some specific things that I'd like to do, but but it still relates more to, are we delivering for our customers and on that leading edge so that we're invaluable? I mean, that's what you want to be to your customers, right? You want to be invaluable. You want them to feel like there's no point looking somewhere else, I have everything I need right here, you know, and it's hard to be everything, right? So that's what I think about sometimes. I guess that's what keeps me up at night, whether it's a specific example or, or more in general, it's just still getting to that better place.
0: Yeah, you've alluded, you've alluded to this, at least I've heard it in a couple of things you've said already. It sounds to me like you've oriented yourself over your career to always be selling to selling down, selling sideways, selling up, selling, serving your customer. I've heard serving and what sounds like selling to all the different levels with an authenticity and a vulnerability that sounds like produces better outcomes. Can you say more about that?
1: Yeah, interesting. Well, thank you for putting it in those words. I like that. And it's so interesting because I would not say that I'm a salesperson, But I'll go back to a previous career when, and I'll bring it forward to it. But, you know, I, at one point in my life was in the floral industry. We did all kinds of things, corporate business, daily flowers, birthdays, and weddings. And we would have the bride come in. And I would talk to them about what they wanted and what it was going to be. And they would be all happy and leave knowing that we were going to do what they needed. And the day would, you know, the week of the wedding would come up and my staff would come to me and they'd say, Val, we've got this order form for this wedding. And it only says pink and white. What are we supposed to be doing here? <laughs> and and it would be that I, I would be able to instill confidence in the bride that we were going to take care of them without being specific, right? Without saying, wow. and it will be this flower and this flower and this flower. And so I, I think that's both a good thing in terms of the customer, maybe not so good in terms of the people who have to actually do the production. <laughs>
2: Execute <laughs> so, on your
1: right secret and, vision. And do the execution. <laughs> but to your point of of always selling, I, I do think that – That's important, right? And it's instilling that confidence. It's, it's having a vision that you can share and that people can buy into, even if it's not a hundred percent, right? Even if you don't have everything written down of exactly what it's going to be, but you can present a vision of what you're looking at and what they can expect in terms of that vision and feeling. (laughs) Yeah. And that kind of goes to storytelling, if you want to call it that, you know, the ability to to bring somebody along. And yes, you have to sell up, you have to sell sideways. It's always about bringing people along to where you need to get to.
0: How did you learn how to do that? How did you get that skill or how did it develop? Oh, my. I mean,
1: again, I think it was part of just how I grew up. It was an interest in the arts, in acting, in in telling a story that way, mm-hmm. in music, in sharing a feeling. Um, growing up in in advertising and marketing, it's it's always been about being able to share that story and have somebody believe you and in you. And you have to be able to deliver too, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. A trailer for a movie is only a trailer for a movie, right? If you go to the movie, it's like, wow, the best part of that whole movie was the 30 seconds in the trailer. That's not a good thing. So you have to be able to deliver, too. But you got to get people in the door, right? You've got to get people to hand over their $5 and say, okay, I'll, I'll do that. Uh oh, $5. Who spends $5
0: to go to a movie? Man, I gotta find that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bucks, $1.
2: 1964. Yeah. yeah
0: right. Right, right. So, oh, I love that. So, the diversity uh, yeah. of your experiences, your acting, your writing, so, like, lots of artistic bents and experiences and, and practice, and then yeah. developing what I hear also is developing the confidence over your career to be able to be straight and say, I don't know, or this is I think it's this much, but it's not like a bravado for sure raw. Right,
1: right. And and you've gotta admit when it doesn't work too, right? Because not everything is gonna work. And you may be able to get somebody to come along And sometimes it doesn't work, but then it's important, you know, you go back to, and and all of these things, you can look at agile development, right? I mean, you've got to have a retro. You've Mm got to go back and look and see what worked, what didn't, what would we have done differently? What should we do again? And so if you can develop that, whether in a structured way, like a retro, or at least in your own head of, not going to do that Mm -hmm. one again, and... Here's how come, then you can learn from it and keep moving forward.
0: Mm, curiosity and continuous learning. Absolutely. Yeah, and separating from yourself to evaluate, evaluate your performance. and look for improvements. yeah. You are your own manager. Love it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and that continuous improvement um, and continuous development, I mean, you know, I've been working in product management at times and that idea of you know continuous development and continuous learning and and continuous discovery right of always talking to the customer always working with your developer partners with your business partners making small incremental improvements over time seeing how those deliver that's Mm -hmm. that's huge And so you can apply that in a lot of different ways across business, across marketing, across e-commerce, but it's all the same thing. It's just keep it real, keep moving, keep improving, and know when you are and aren't delivering.
2: Mm. I think that's one of the the biggest lessons that I, oh, for sure. I think that's one of the most important things that I learned from you with you as a leader was you never led with ego. You were always, you've always. you always been curious. And I think that's a differentiator for you because a lot of people do come in and they say, I'm the person for the job. I know how this should go. I know how this should be. If it fails, it's not because I didn't know. And you always come in and you ask questions. And you even gave us freedom to fail back before that was a common phrase. And you just were always so willing to figure it out and say that you didn't know and be okay with it not being perfect the first time. And I have to say, that is pretty rare. You know, you don't, you don't see that a lot. I I think, especially in marketing, because there's so much showboating and storytelling. It is a lot of ego. It is a lot of politics. Mm -hmm. And you've never had that. I mean, you've always tried to sell what you thought you could deliver and it's never been showboating. It's it's incredible. You should be very proud of that.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. It's fun. It's fun. That's the other thing. You got to have fun and, and you can have more fun when you're working together and you're discovering things together. And Danny, I mean, when we were at Target, remember our wall of shame? Uh-huh. <laughs> so we had, we had a do. wall of shame, Leslie, that was about product information and terrible mistakes that uh, we had made in how something was described or, or what it ended up looking like. And, and so we would put them on our wall of shame, never to be done again. Do not do these things. No.
2: Again. <laughs> and some were funny, but some were downright inappropriate and unacceptable. And it was all mistakes, right? I mean, nobody was trying to goof up, but you you string data together when it's in separate fields and attributes, and you don't preview it, which some people didn't, and then it goes live. Yeah. Uh, and you have to get that off the site yesterday.
0: <laughs> the leading you have edge to own your mistakes. hurts sometimes. Huh? <laughs> yes. Yes. It yeah.
2: Does. Yes, well, and speaking of having fun, then we moved to California. and We were in the office, and Val and I getting into a room can be a really cool thing creatively. It can also be very dangerous because we goof off and don't get things done. And I remember walking into the conference room at the end of the hall at AAP. I sit down. Val sits down. Val stands back up. She grabs a, di- a dry erase marker, and she writes the word clever on the whiteboard and then crosses it out. She's like, we don't have time. <laughs> we don't have time. Going to the board, Danny, going to the board.
1: <laughs> I've always liked that's going you know to the trouble. whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. uh, don't have time. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of history there, but a lot of fun. And I think that that's so important, right? I mean, it's all business. We all have to make a living. We all have to make sure our companies are successful. But we spend a whole lot of time with the people that we work with. And so you've got to be people and, and all of the good with that and have some fun and, and enjoy what you're doing and enjoy each other. And so I'm, I'm fortunate in that I've been able to work with really good, fun people and, and help create that environment where people can be themselves and can you know i mean that's that's the one of the buzz phrases right is be your authentic self and it's real though you you do want people to be their authentic selves and and feel comfortable with that and and still get the work done and it's much easier to get the work done when you can just be yourself and and know that you can fail and succeed and everything in between
0: Mm-hmm. You know? I want to ask two things. One is, looking back, Val, are there three beliefs or events or people, like anything that you can see, really led to you being where you are and doing what you do? Like that the were instrumental, pivotal, made a difference. Wow, that's a
1: great question. So I will certainly say I'm going to go back to my mom. So my mom was one of those, you know, I mean, she was a businesswoman through and through. And so I learned a lot from her. I learned some of what we were talking about, about staying even, And handling things. I think I actually learned from her that would be one person. And then I'm going to jump to a teacher I had when I was quite young who was a pottery teacher. So Jane Dalton. And I still do pottery. So it is one of the things that I love because my brain, and it used to be better, I used to be able to say I have a steel trap for a brain because, you know, I could remember anything and I could pull it back out. And I don't know if it's just as you get older, it gets a little mushier, or stuff just has to start flowing through it a little bit easier. But this person in teaching me pottery, it wasn't just about the pottery, but it's about focus and building something and molding something, but really focus. When you are uh, sitting at a potter's wheel and you're centering clay and you're throwing a pot, I, at least, am totally focused on that. And so being able to pull that focus and move other stuff out of the way is very important. And I think that that's been a plus for me because I can use that focus in other things. And especially in today's world, my gosh, I mean, I'm sure that we all live through this, right? Of the emails and the instant messages and the meetings. And if you can pull your focus in, Danny, I mean, I know you've got a film background, and I think of that pulling focus with with when you're yeah. filming, right? You've got a, yeah. you've got to do it, right? You've got to know just yeah. where it is and where to stop and where to go to. If you can get your mind to do that too, that's a real plus. And then somebody that I mentioned a couple minutes ago, but Mike Jacobs, you know, I think of as a a mentor uh, for me in. This e-commerce world that I got into, um, he was a, a real card and, um, you know, was a big personality, but knew his business and knew how to make a sale. And knew what data was and how to make it work for a company. And uh, I learned a lot from him. And like all of us, we all have our flaws. All of us have our pluses and minuses. And and he did too, but he was a great guy. And I learned a lot from him. So so there's a few people. Hopefully, I, I answered your question.
0: Yeah, no, that was fantastic.
2: Can I go back to your mom for a second? Because as you mentioned your mom, all I heard in my head is stand down, Miss DuVernay. <laughs> is that a real thing? Did I make that up? Or is it's that from a, a story thing. that you told me 20 no, years ago? that is totally
1: a real thing. So my mother had what we referred to as the Mrs. DuVernay voice. So when she got very serious... Then her voice dropped, and she would be, you know, very serious about what she needed to do and what she needed to get done. And I know I do that too. Um, <laughs> the more serious I am, the lower my voice goes. But um, there was a, a, a particular instance where she was dealing with somebody who owed us money in this business, and she was talking to them and trying to find out what the problem was and why it wasn't there. And and she was was going and going and going and all of a sudden and and I wasn't right with her and neither were the other people in the office right with her but we could hear her voice and then all of a sudden we heard this this giggle and she could do this too right so she'd get a little girl giggle so it's like I want to know why you're there and all of a sudden <laughs> And <laughs> what is going on? And it was because she had been going at this guy so hard that he finally said, Stand down, ma'am, stand down, Mrs. Duvernay. <laughs> and she loved it so much that she had to she had to laugh. So but yeah, that that
0: was the Great. comment, Danny. So
2: <laughs> Okay. Awesome. Love it. Well, awesome. twenty years later it's rattling around my brain. So.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Old friends are the best. Is there anything that you see that you would do differently?
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sure that there is a ton I would do differently. So I've talked about how I like to get into places early on, but sometimes I think I should leave sooner than I do. So it may be just a way I was raised or what have you, you know, but I mean I've I've stayed at companies where I think that I both could have impacted more companies and perhaps learned more faster. Which is also something that I love to do, right? I mean, I love to learn. I sometimes think of myself more as a, a jack of all trades, but I won't say master of none. I maybe master of one or two. I think people need to think about that, right? In their careers, is it's still transactional. What can I bring to the company? What then can the company bring to me? Am I continuing to learn? Am I continuing to thrive? And sometimes you have to weigh those things yourself. I mean, maybe you just want to get something done, so you're going to stay someplace even if maybe you're not learning as much, but you want to get something done. And that's fine too. But I guess my point is at least to think about it, right? Think about Mm -hmm. it and not just continue on because you're there and you can continue on. Looking back, I maybe should have thought about – where else can I go? What else can I do? And not stay someplace quite as long. Not that I haven't enjoyed my time places, but I think that's something to at least think about when I didn't always. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah got that. One. Thanks. Okay. Speed round.
2: Speed round. All right. Rapid fire. I'll go first. If your career was a movie, who plays you, Val? Uh Meryl Streep. No, I'm kidding. Um, Kathy
1: Bates. How about
0: Kathy Bates? I like that.
2: Oh, Kathy Bates is great. Meryl Streep is great, too.
0: Yeah. I like it. I think either (laughs) one. What's your favorite KPI?
1: Oh, my God. Abandoned Cart.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. That's a great one. Uh, What's the last book you read?
1: Oh, my God. Playing to Win. So it's... uh, Okay book about strategy I know, boring business
2: <laughs> it's not like a the how to win a blackjack in vegas
1: no sorry sorry okay. right. <laughs> that would be a good book to read what's your favorite productivity hack wow that's a tough one favorite productivity hack Besides not Starbucks. keeping lists <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't keep lists no i i think that that's really important so i'm gonna just go on it to-do lists, my spouse calls them to-don't lists because
0: <laughs> there's mm-hmm.
1: just, you can just get crazy. I, so I don't believe in to-do lists, I just do.
2: I so. okay. like that. Val, who is the most fascinating contact on your phone?
1: Gosh, wow. Oh, these are good questions. These are hard questions.
0: <laughs> well, certainly the, um, the artist you wrapped. Probably. Oh huh? my God. Yeah, yeah in the well, first season of
1: the voice. Yeah, so yeah. I, I still have her in there, although she doesn't talk to me, but no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm boy I, I I'm just gonna say Danny Muskelplat. that's probably the oh best most intriguing <laughs> contact I have in my phone.
2: <laughs> I like it. I'll allow it. <laughs> Great.
0: If you could be famous for one thing, what would it be? I would be famous
1: for inventing a way for everyone to have an eighth day in the week.
2: Ooh. Yes. You win. (laughs) Is there something that you've always dreamed of doing but have never done? Any
1: of those extreme sports. So I, like, I watch them... You know, all of the crazy snowboarding and, I don't know, all of that. It's all very intriguing to me, but I've never done any of them. So, mm.
0: that's
1: that's what I would say.
0: Okay. Okay. First job and worst job.
1: <laughs> First job was the mailroom at my mother's company. Worst job, you know... I think I've been pretty lucky, but I guess selling magazine subscriptions over the phone. Worst mm. job. That would be a lot it. Lots of hang-ups. Oh yeah. And and just the environment. I mean it was like it was a true boiler room, you know. I mean these little mm. witty bitty, you know, rows of these little desks, lots of people, these cards in front of you. I mean this was in the day, right? So like a phone on your desk and these cards with people's names and phone numbers on them. It was terrible. I didn't like that.
2: Yeah, oh no, that sounds horrible. What's the best compliment you've ever gotten?
1: Oh, wow. I mean, I really <laughs> do appreciate it when somebody just tells me good job, you know, because I think I'm kind of hard on myself. And I, I'm like Woody Allen, you know, I wouldn't want to be in that club if they'd want to have me, you know? So, so yeah, I mean, if yeah. somebody. Tells me good job and appreciate them, then I appreciate that.
0: Awesome. Describe yourself in five words.
1: So, the first thing that came to my mind is very lucky to be here.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So. I think we got to end on that. That's awesome. For right. sure. Thank you, Val.
1: Well, thank you both. This has been fun. And yeah, I'll I just say been. that you are both awesome. So I really appreciate both of you very <laughs> much and the work that we've done together over the years and the friendship that we've developed over the years. So really, really mean that I you guys that. are great. Mm-hmm. And this Our is too. what it's about, right? Is, is like getting mm-hmm. your community, and having the people yeah. you can talk with and work with. So it's been fun.
0: Totally. For sure. Thank you for staying tuned. If you're enjoying these conversations, we would appreciate it if you would subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It really helps us to increase the podcast's reach. Thank you. See you next week with more inspiring stories. This episode of Marketing Heroes is brought to you by The Search Guru, produced by Circle Audio, and podcast cover art by Andra Lazord.